This is the Age Group Multisport Podcast with me, Richard Conway, giving a platform for Age Group Multisport athletes to showcase their journeys. Welcome along to episode 59 of the Age Group Multisport podcast. Uh, thank you again for listening and taking the time out, um, whatever you're doing, uh, whether you're training or whether you're walking the dog or anything really, just uh, it's good to have you on board. Uh, great for your feedback. Thank you ever so much. Keep it coming and um, hope your training's going okay. And I guess it's the end of the season for everybody now. Although having said that, I've got another race coming up. That I'm going to partake in just ticking over but um, yeah we're in well into October but it's so warm still and uh, really nice and bright it's unbelievable even today as I sit here doing this it's uh, 16 7 degrees outside and sunny so yeah long may it continue so I hope you're all well um, on this episode we have Josh Lahiri and Josh is uh, an age grouper and he tells us of how he got into um, triathlon uh, from a from a really un multi sport background, really. Uh, so that's that's coming up. That's a really good podcast. I hope you enjoy that. Really nice fella, Josh. And um, yeah, it was nice to chat to him. Uh, and I've got a bit of a story actually. Um, before we kick things off, it's uh, quite amusing. We. When I say we, me, Mrs. C, and two of my Wolves Breakfast uh, Club teammates all went to Darley Moor a couple of weeks back and raced the Sprint Duathlon. Blowing a hoolie at the time, and it was pretty wet, especially for the ladies' race. We were fortunate that uh, the rain didn't come while we were racing. Uh, and the, if you've ever been up to Darley Moor, the, the track, it's on a, an old race track, and it's like a triangle with a couple of hairpins and uh, chicanes. Um, so you got to do eight laps, which was a, a thing in itself. I think I've already said this on a previous podcast, but that's a feat in itself, trying to remember the laps. Anyway, um, I already had my tenor in because it was a qualifying race for the uh, European next year. And I already had my tenor in from Clumber, which I didn't race because I was injured. And Mrs C decided a while back to when we decided we were going to do the race, to put her tenor in and see if she could qualify. And then she went and broke her arm. So she was umming and ahhing whether she was going to race or not. Anyway, it came to race day. Um, she took a road bike because she couldn't ride the time trial bike because of the position of the, the bars and uh, because it's got E-tap on it, trying to press the button. She couldn't do it with a broken arm. So she decided to take a road bike. Anyway, we got there. On the morning, she realised one of the side walls of a tyre uh, was coming away, so she couldn't ride a road bike. So in the end, she had to ride the time trial bike, uh, and we had to stick it in one gear for her, and um, and off she went. So our teammates, uh, Phil and Ros Jackson, um, who were in the 65 to 70 category, Ros wanted to race, Phil didn't want to go, but she persuaded him to, to just go and race, and then she persuaded him to put his tenor in. 
So all of us had our £10 in to see if we could qualify. Um, so the men went off first. Me and Phil were racing in the same race. Um, went pretty well. I, as I've said previously, I think, couldn't get my helmet off in T2. Uh, but finished sixth uh, in the age group. So I was quite happy with that. I think there was a couple of guys wanted moving up age group and one of them had already qualified. So that put me into fourth place provisionally. Um, Phil also did really well. He was quite happy with his performance considering the conditions. And then it was the ladies' turn. And um, yeah, they both raced well. They had worse weather, like I said, than us, but uh, it went it went pretty good for them. And then, uh, yeah, so we came home. Anyway, cut a long story short, two weeks later, we've all qualified. And that is so hilarious um, because of the fitness for me uh, was only just going to support Kate, see how she would get on. Then she broke her arm. Phil didn't really want to do it, just put his tenor in to keep his, uh, his good lady quiet. And Roz, yeah, Roz wanted to qualify. So we all qualified. So we're all so pleased and so happy. But what are the chances of that? So that was a, a feel-good story come out in the end. So actually, after a, such a, a rubbish season, it's come to a, a nice ending. This weekend particularly, there's been lots of, uh, lots of sport going on. Um, triathlons back on, the World Series, and they were over in Italy. And um, Alex Yee came from nowhere and uh, with a bit of a strain on his hamstring, still managed to win um, the men's race. Uh, he absolutely smashed it. To be fair, uh, Johnny Brownlee had an awesome race. He was he was had a good swim out on the bike really well. Uh, him and the Japanese guy got clear. He had thirty seconds on the field. Alex G obviously caught him up. Nobody else caught him, and he got second. So well done there, Johnny. So that was the men's in the women's race again. GTB George Taylor Brown just smashed it. Nobody could keep with her. Um, yeah. Uh, she just rode away with it again. So looking likely that she's it's going to be between her and Flora Duffy uh, in Abu Dhabi in a few weeks' time when uh, the grand final's on. And also at the same time, there was Kona. And uh, that was really two good races, actually. I, didn't, I was just flitting in and out uh, of them. Ladies was on Thursday and um, Lucy Charles Barkley was doing really well considering what she's been through this year with a fractured hip and getting back into fitness and racing. And she finished second. And it was a rookie. Chelsea Sodaro um, won the ladies very, very comfortably. I think it must have been a five minutes. And that's uh, her first corner. And she just bossed it. In the men's race, um, yeah, it was... Uh, Really interesting race again. The French guy, who's actually from English English heritage, Sam Laidlaw, hence the English-sounding name. He does race under the uh, French flag, though, because that's where he was born, I believe. Um, yeah, he was doing really well. Came out on the, the swim in a pack of 20, absolutely bossed the bike and uh, was well ahead, maybe five or so minutes ahead on the, on the bike. Uh but then unfortunately was caught up by Gustav Eden um, towards the end of the race and he finished second. Eden won it, he finished second and Christian Blumenthal um, came third. So really, really cool 
uh, event. And just to mention to Joe Skipper, who absolutely blasted the bike and the run, and he ended up finishing fifth, coming from about 30th, 40th out in the swim. So well done. And the final sporting event to be mentioned is the hour record, which has only just been broken by Dan Bingham, the Brit. Uh, however, the Ineos rider, Philippe Organa, had his sights set on breaking it yet again. And I think it was only maybe two or three weeks ago since Dan did it. And the ironic thing about that is that, that Dan Bingham was helping Philippe Organa try and break it, which I thought was so cool. And uh, yeah, he did it. So congratulations. And he didn't just do it, he smashed it. So well done, Filippo. Uh, and if you haven't seen any of those, go and have a look on YouTube. They're all on there, I'm sure they are. Uh, fantastic racing. Some wonderful performances. And now it's time for the main event. I uh, hope you enjoy the chat I had with Josh. Uh, like I said earlier, really top fella. Um, and we'll see you on the other side. Thank you uh, once again for uh, agreeing to come on and uh, share your story on the Age Group Multisport podcast. Much appreciated. Where do we find you in the world? Uh, a little place called Hindhead in Surrey. So okay. between Guildford and Portsmouth. Right. And you so, live there all your life? Uh, so grew up in a little place called Petersfield, which is a little bit further south, but got family all from around this area. So pretty local. So yeah, know, know the area very well. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, so we'll just um, start off with a bit of background on yourself, Josh. How do you how do you pronounce your surname? Uh, Lahiri. Lahiri. I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> uh, no, all good. And where's that originally from? Uh, it's actually Indian. Ah, right. Okay. So yeah, my granddad was uh was Indian. Cool. Nice one. Let's clear that one up because uh, there's nothing, <laughs> worse somebody, nothing worse than somebody pronouncing your name wrong. I think. Yeah. Cool. I've had some, I've had some corkers at races. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Yeah, they get yeah. it all the time. Yeah. If you just want to explain a little bit about growing up as a kid, um, what sort of sports you were into, uh, and how you got into multi sport after after what read like a, an eventful uh, childhood. Okay, so yeah, growing up, obviously did. A lot of sports, uh, family are really supportive. I would just do loads of different things. Uh, did a bit of football as a kid, but the main things uh, that I really got into were uh, karate and golf, bit of skiing mixed in in there as well. Uh, but just kind of family holidays and stuff like that. We were just always doing different adventures and things, really. So uh, when... Uh, Got into triathlon though, uh, recovering from an injury uh, in the multi- in the uh, martial arts stuff. I was uh, training for my black belt grading at the time and uh, picked up a knee injury for my uh, when I during training, which meant I never quite never quite finished it, unfortunately. But oh, no. during the rehab for that, during the rehab for that, I was doing a lot of. Uh, swimming and biking uh obviously to low impact and all of that and it helps strengthen up the strengthen up the knee so was doing a lot of that and 
ended up watching uh, a load of the coverage from the Olympics uh, with some family and some friends and stuff like that. One of the events obviously you watched was the triathlon and uh, one of our family friends is a, uh, a fairly keen marathon runner. So uh, he kind of laid the hook out, laid the challenge out after we'd watched it. Like, I've seen you swim and bike and you can do those reasonably well. And uh, if I can survive a marathon, if I can run a marathon, then surely you can uh, at least survive a 5K kind of thing. Because at that point, I really wasn't uh, wasn't a runner. And uh, it kind of uh, escalated from there, really. Uh, started yeah. doing a bit of swimming and biking with Peter Still Try and Ended up doing my first race uh, down in the New Forest at Backless Hard in 2013. Cool. So your karate that finished, did it? You haven't done any since since the new no, one. Unfortunately, not. I did. I did look into it a bit during uh, during my time at university, but it's just so much going on when I when I was up there between the course and friends and doing triathlon and by that point I'd got into doing a little bit of the racing with the uh with the snow sports club as well so uh there was a lot going on when I was there that was uh keeping me entertained so yeah I never uh never quite got back to doing the martial arts unfortunately yeah. whereabouts in, uh, did you go to the university Josh uh, I was at the University of Warwick uh cool. studying mechanical engineering okay you enjoyed up there yeah, really good tires. Obviously, really uh, rather uh, rather busy, rather full on. Just trying to fit everything in. Uh, the course is obviously quite intense, especially in final year. Uh, you have to group project and everything like that. So I was part of the uh, the human powered submarine team for uh, for that for, <laughs> for my project for that. So that ended up with uh, design, build, and make a human powered submarine. Then take it out to the United States and te- oh. and. Uh, race it against other universities from around the world in a uh, in one of the US Navy facilities that they've got over there. So I was the daft person that was uh, inside inside our contraption that we'd built, uh, breathing on scuba gear and pedaling away like crazy to drive this <laughs> thing uh, drive this thing down the down the bottom of the tank, which was a interesting experience. Wow. And how did you get on? Uh, we did all right, actually. We got a few awards for like our technical side of things. And uh, the main thing for us was that it was the first time in four years, I believe it was, something like that, that uh, a Warwick boat had actually completed the course. Uh, so that was that was the first big achievement. And then we ended up setting a new uh, speed record for the university at the time as well. Uh, I know subsequent teams have since taken the same boat developed it and uh gone faster but at the time it was the fastest a uh, a boat from our university had gone so that was two and a half three knots kind of speed wow. so not uh not as fast as you can get going on the bike in the bike leg and stuff <laughs> but uh it it felt it yeah it, it felt like hard work to hit that speed when you're trying to do it underwater yeah, well, you know how much resistance you've got just swimming. Uh, exactly, exactly. So, so with a shell around, it must have been quite quite tough, I would imagine. Yes, and it's and obviously you're trying to breathe through the scuba gear as well, and uh, that's not 
not the easiest and uh, the position's not exactly conventional. Uh, if you imagine the uh, the Graham Aubrey tuck position yeah. with hands under your shoulders, you kind of your arms are in that, but then you're lying on your front with your legs out stretched out behind you. It's uh, not the most natural position to try and uh, pedal and drive in. Wow. Amazing. Who knew? I've learned mm. something today. <laughs> the, cra- the crazy things you can get involved in whilst you're at uni. <laughs> it's amazing. That's what I love about this podcast, because you start off on one one thread and then the next thing you know, you're talking about underwater pedal-powered submarines. It's just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you started doing a bit of um, triathlon while you were at university as well. Did that continue? Yes. So I was kind of I was splitting between the snow sports and the triathlon in the first couple of years. Kind of tri was more my sporty club, and snow and the skiing side of things was a bit more of my let off steam club. But that it, you know what it's like with students and stuff like that. That the the letting off steam side was maybe dominating a bit for the first couple of years. Uh, Third, fourth year started. I'd still race a bit over and train with them uh, for the first couple of years, but I met. I I was just kind of doing it for fun. wasn't taking it uh, quite so seriously. Uh, final couple of years, I was on on the committee for the club, so I was uh, the duathlon and running coordinator in my third year, and then uh, uh, the president in my the club president in my final year, and. Uh, the irony with the dew and running core being the running side was, is actually my uh, weaker area. But it was kind of once I got to that point, started to take things a bit more seriously. Obviously, doing the uh, going to the student championships, the Bucks events for uh, sprint and standard in the try, as well as doing uh, the the Bucks championships for some of the time trials on the bike as well. And uh, yeah. it's kind of from there that taking things a bit more seriously. Uh, started yeah. to come about because when you get to those bucks events you get kind of everyone from uh from your uh people just doing their first ever triathlons on, on their mountain bikes or whatever all the way through to uh kind of up-and-coming elites or established elites racing when you're racing against the likes of Blackburn and Leeds and things like that yeah, so yeah. I know in my final couple of years raced against uh the likes of uh, Sam Dickinson, uh, right. which is uh, yeah. an eye-opening experience. <laughs> they are they are just on another level. Uh, some of those top guys. You don't appreciate how good they are until you actually well, either see them or, in your case, race against them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's uh, it's certainly an experience to race against them, and you uh, you learn a lot from seeing just how how they go about it, how and. Like they just, I was, I was on my first lap of the run, and they're coming past to do their second and finish, and they just make it look so effortless. It's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. So was it? Was it that time period you found out about age group itself? Then, pretty much, yes. Uh, I, I, during the uni time, the Bucks events are kind of the main focus, and what you build towards. Uh, throughout your season uh, and then obviously graduated in 2017 and uh, over the winter it's like okay I've been building my seasons around bucks the past couple of years what what am I going to do this time round uh, moving to the longer stuff didn't really 
appeal to me and it was then that I started kind of looking into the uh into the age group side of things a bit more so uh May time 2018 went and did my first uh, age group qualifier up at Nottingham uh, for the sprint distance championships in Glasgow. Uh, okay. Again, big eye-opening experience. The speed, like uh, the speed of the guys that you're racing against when you do the age group stuff, is impressive. And I was uh, on that day. I was rather well off the pace. I think I was down 13th, 14th age group, something like that. Didn't it? but inside the percentage uh, but didn't really know anything about that at the time Uh, so it was uh, uh, not made it but good learning experience and then many months down the line uh, got the email basically saying you've qualified uh, if you would like to take the place up for the championships in Glasgow for the uh, sprint distance and that was my first experience of uh, of racing age group wearing the wearing the gb colors at a home championship yeah that's a pretty fantastic um place to start i guess exactly exactly great atmosphere with uh obviously with the home crowd around and everything like that we've got family up in scotland as well so they came along uh along to experience and obviously it was part of the the wider european games as well so you had the elites yeah. racing and all the other activities going on uh, in Glasgow itself, which made it, yeah, a great experience to start start to do for your first time doing age group. Yeah. Just going back a bit then, um, when you finished university, did you join a tri-club? Did you say you joined a tri-club? Uh, so I, I joined a tri-club pretty much from when I first started doing triathlon. My home right. tri-club, Petersfield Tri. Uh, and I stayed a member of them throughout my time at university, kind of dropping in and out with them uh, as and when I was uh, home for holidays, things like that. Great, great local group, uh, all all volunteers support each other and just super supportive of everything for everyone and everything from people doing the age group and racing kind of at a fairly competitive level uh, down through to people doing their first first events and building them up from that and uh we've got a reasonably uh reasonably large contingent now that race age group across uh gb age group across the uh across the age categories which is uh great to see and obviously a yeah. great part of doing the try and doing the age group stuff just seeing how long you can still keep doing it for yeah absolutely so you had a bit of um experience in the club to to sort of like go to and ask questions and find out you know what you needed to do and stuff exactly exactly there was a few few people who'd already been to a few few championships previously so was able to talk to them a bit about the experience and just some of the uh the uh pitfalls to avoid and uh just how to go about it and make it a seamless uh make it run as smoothly as possible. So you qualified for Glasgow and then did you get another qualification after that? So yes, uh, same year as I did Glasgow, also did the qualifier at Castle Try. So yeah. this was obviously all around the time when Sprint was moving draft legal and everything uh-huh. like that uh, for the following year. So uh, obviously being an engineer, I really enjoy the bike and the tech and uh 
obviously particularly keen on tinkering with all the the aero side of things and everything like that so uh going to draft legal didn't really suit me so much so look to make the step up to to standard distance so oh. race to arundel that was a a rather eventful race uh they managed to forget to put the turn boy in uh in the swim so uh, <laughs> ended up uh yeah you swim kind of three four hundred meters upstream against the tide you meant to turn around a boy and then do the remaining kilometer back to transition the the Aaron that you swim in is one of the fastest flowing rivers in the right. country and you're just slogging away against the tide and it's like yeah, yeah. uh where's the boy where's the boy so oh, there's the boy coming past me on a coming past me on a rib <laughs> so yeah had to boy comes past you on the rib you've got to turn around and swim back uh once it gone in uh and i see so with all the percentage and stuff all the same way going off so uh yeah from that ended up qualifying for the standard distance euros in Viet in the netherlands for 2018 uh and yeah had a great great experience out there great venue lake and doing all the beach start and Everything like that was awesome. Met some really great people out there that I'm still in touch with and still train train with now. Uh, so yeah, it was a great experience from that point of view. Yeah, just going back to your river swim, I've never done one. What was it like? What what have I like? Uh, I to compare with say the lake swim or a sea swim because I've done both of those, but the river one I've never never tried. It kind of sits in it kind of sits in the middle, to be honest. Like you obviously get a bit more swell, and depending on how the course is set out, you've got the flow of the river to deal with. But uh, it's it's generally not too bad. It's quite it's quite much closer to a lake swim than you than you'd think to be. At least for me, as a reasonably uh, strong swimmer, mm-hmm. it's not not too hard, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look out for one. <laughs> uh, it's, it, yeah, it's a good experience. It's a different experience, but it's uh, yeah, it's good fun. Cool, cool. That's it. So you enjoyed your time over in uh, Holland. So what was after? What was after that? What uh, What did you do next? So after Holland, uh, went a bit all over, bounced around a bit. Uh, work sent me up to London for a while, so I uh, was. Uh, training and racing with for a work course up there so I was training and racing with the university club up there that I was uh that I was uh doing the course at and also joined a group up there called the Midnight Runners okay. uh so they are they've got a huge amount of energy uh they meet up center of London by St Paul's Cathedral every Tuesday night uh big speed like uh the crew members who run it a few of them will have the big boom boxes on their back or speakers and stuff like that you run a uh, 8 to 10k loop around the center of london music going stop every couple of kilometers to regroup with everyone do core exercises and different stuff like that as you're going round it's a little bit balmy great you get a lot of confused looks from the tourists but <laughs> great fun and that was like a good spot, actually. Yeah, I bet the you the went really quickly. 
yes, exactly. It makes the work like the work fly by and you uh I, that was probably actually the strongest I got at my uh at my running uh before uh when I was running with them. Uh mm. so that kind of took me through to December kind of December, January time, 2019, 2020-ish, and then obviously uh COVID hit, yeah. which then uh put paid things a little bit i'd uh i had at that time qualified for my first uh world championships uh through leeds cast at the leeds castle try uh yeah. but uh obviously that ended up uh not happening for a couple of years with uh with covid and i i made a bit of a stupid so unfortunately i'm uh I was unable to take up my place for uh, for Abu Dhabi this year. So, right. uh, so yeah, we've kind of over COVID. I started working with uh, with the the Try Training Harder uh, coaching group, and right. I've so I've been working with them for a couple of years now, and kind of just working maintaining over COVID, and then we started trying to build back up over the last couple of seasons. So. Uh, ended up going to uh, the London try this year uh, mm-hmm. to go for the European qualification with that. Uh, again, things were all a bit up in the air in the build-up because uh, I picked up a shoulder. My partner, race her sport is uh, obstacle course racing, uh, okay. so Tough Mudder, Spartans, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Uh and they have the European Championships of that out in the Italian Alps. So right. went out to went out to the, the Dolomites, sorry, in Italy. So went out to those uh, in theory just to support her. And uh, yeah, got there, got a major case of FOMO, and decided to uh, have a go <laughs> myself. Cue falling off quite a few obstacles and uh, hurting my shoulder in the process. So only got back in the water like a week or two before before London so it was a we kind of went into it as a try a few things out learn a bit and uh learn where the limits are if you like so just try and cruise through get through the swim safely with the shoulder holding out uh and then in my coach coach Allen's words uh blow the doors off on the bike and then deal with it on the run and just try a a different pacing strategy see what See how it goes. Had to wait a bit to find out what was going on because I'm in. I'm on the the borderline of moving up category at the right. minute. Uh, I'm okay. last year, 25, 29, moving up to the 30, 35. So uh, yeah, found out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was. I'm in the first roll down slot, so it looks like I've got a got a place for next year's uh, standard distance Euros when uh, when it when it gets announced where those are uh, are going to occur so yeah back into the gb kit well done year. and will you, you you'll be wearing the new kit i guess by then uh yes i guess so yes because uh, i think it is it does it run out now 22 was the last year you could wear the old one I believe I believe so it, it would be it would be nice to get another run out in the scant <laughs> in the uh the Scante suit because I, I I really like that kit. It's yeah, quick, yeah. good quality, comfy. I like yeah, but 
times move on. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. And the new kit looks really good, I think, and um, it's supposed to perform quite well. So not that I've got one yet, but um, yeah, yeah. Personally, but uh, yeah, I think you always get mixed reviews, don't you? Whatever comes out, you know, exactly. People, people like different things, which is which is fine. Exactly. Uh, the, main, the main thing is you wear it with pride, whatever it's like. Exactly. Cool. So that's us up to date with. Um, or have you got anything else that you've put your hat in to try and qualify for? Uh, so not any other qualify for. I think the big one this year, the London was meant to be the A race this year, but yeah. that got thrown up in the air a bit with the shoulder injury. So we decided to go for uh, Bournemouth to finish the season right. for the English okay. national champs yeah. over standard distance. Again, tried to deploy the same strategy, and yeah, uh, strong fields and very uh some good athletes out there big respect to them it was a good uh really good race between a few of us and uh managed to come away with my first uh age group national champs uh age group medal so was uh very pleased with that to uh finish the season off well done that's a good finish to the season yeah yeah, yeah. congratulations <laughs> thank you good stuff Right, so we'll just head on now to the uh, quickfire questions, which okay. I always ask at the end of the show. And yeah. basically, um, first one is, what's your favourite bit of kit? Favourite bit of kit is probably actually a new toy for me this season. I've got a, uh, I've got a very nice pair of uh, Bolle uh, Chrono Shield sunglasses uh, that uh, they've got the prescription inserts in them. They've got the fan. They're clever phantom transition lenses in them and they've just been been a game changer for me to be honest this season just super comfy you barely notice you've got them on uh the transition is awesome for how quick it actually goes and it means i can actually see where i'm going on the bike so that's rather important it is rather important yeah just going back to the bike and you being an engineer and into your gadgets and your aero um dynamics what have you done um, that you think like give you the edge, you know, from from having that sort of background on the bike. I think it's just I've 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 got quite a scientific way of looking at things. Going through it, just make small incremental changes. Look at the little change and how they impact. And we just try and do a fairly uh, thorough analysis, I guess, after the races and things like that. See how we can refine things further and. Uh, make improvements from there really uh, it's not always about like having the right gear always helps but it's how you're sitting on it and how and how you're getting the be- the most out of it that uh, re- really makes the difference on that front yeah yeah aero is everything isn't it because you're the biggest yeah. thing on there yeah know, regardless of everything else and equipment if you can narrow your position then that's the that's the key yeah. isn't it yeah, find it finding that sweet spot between the and especially finding that sweet spot between the aero side of things and the uh, and still being able to deliver the power in it. Yeah, yeah that's the like you say that's the sweet spot, isn't it? Yeah. The holy grail, really. Have you done any <laughs> yes. wind? Have you done any wind tunnel testing or anything like that? Uh, I've not done any wind tunnel testing. I have had some. Uh, I've had 
had fits done with a company called Vancrew Cycling uh, that are based down down near me. A guy called Garth. He's done fits for like Lauren Stedman and people like that. They knows his stuff, and he's got the the BioRacer green screen uh, aero uh, analysis thing. So I've we've done a little bit of work on that to try and uh, refine my position, and uh, that certainly. Uh, and then we kind of tinker around that from from the baseline that we generate with that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, I love cycling just as a sport on its own. Personally, uh, I love watching the hour record and all the all the yes. cycling that's going on. And um, yeah. the hour record's gonna go uh, again. Uh, so uh, you're gonna be keeping an eye out, an eye yeah. on Ganas uh, attempt. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see because uh, Dan Bingham, who actually just broke it recently, he's actually been helping him doing yes. his aero, which I thought was quite fascinating. I've, yeah, because he's the con- few, consultant for Ineos, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've messaged Dan a few times uh, over Instagram. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. what, what do you think about this attempt? He said, oh, it's fine because I've got some input into it, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nice to see when... Uh, people kind of uh support supporting each other's efforts and uh really just kind of pleased to see the progression in the sport yeah. if you like because i think that's what it's all about trying to get somebody to go as fast as possible every time you try and do these mad things like the hour record it's just yeah te- testing yeah. those limits of human performance yeah yeah it's cool so cool good stuff so what um Question two, what resources do you um, go to? I mean, it can be websites, it can be books, it can be I don't know, anything on the internet, just to help you with your training or, you know. Interesting. Well, so I'm going to be honest, the biggest resource I go to is my coach on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm coached by Alan Ward from Try Training Harder and uh, – was uh, I've also been coached by Soraya Marys from within that same from within the same group. Uh, it's a great group. They uh, all all the coaches kind of pitch in with the different athletes, and it's a great community for bouncing different ideas. So yeah, I think the main resource I actually make use of is kind of the people and the community around around me and try whether that's. Uh, Alan has a is just an incredibly knowledgeable coach uh, and is great at pointing out all the different little things that you can work through work on to uh, try and uh, try and improve and get the best out of yourself whether that's in the individual sessions or uh, by pushing you out and in the outs when we were out there and uh, it's then just uh, I think it is with the community side of things everyone does just want to see see each other improve see each other progress see each other get the best out of themselves so uh, that is kind of the main main resource I uh, I use cool cool that's a really good resource um, so what advice would you give to anybody wanting to get into multi-sport and or um, try and progress to age group to be honest i think the main thing when you're first starting out is just have fun enjoy it it try gives you so much in terms of uh, the community the diff- the variety that you get by training and racing uh, over different sports and then 
the rush and the excitement that you get on race day and the sense of achievement you get from uh, from completing a race. So I think to start with, at least, just go out and enjoy it. Once you get your feet a bit more, then, yes, yeah, start, by all means, start looking at how you can progress, how you can make the gains, how you can uh, move forwards into the age group thing. But the main thing is to enjoy it and just give things a go. It's uh, it's maybe not quite as scary as you think. No. Well, I think everything's pretty scary until you actually give it a go, like you say, and then and you realise that yeah. it's quite good fun, isn't it? What can we do next? <laughs> and finally, Josh, <coughs> excuse me, finally, what are your short-term and long-term goals? Uh so short term wise, uh, obviously we'll be looking towards the year standard distance Euros next year. So uh, I was thirteenth in age group in Viet, so which was my last uh, European Championships. So ideally, like to try and improve on that, uh, and we're trying to work towards uh, getting me down towards the two hundred five mark for uh, standard. I've done two hundred nine so far, so trying to work on where we can get the gains, uh, looking mainly in the swim and the run, to be honest, uh, to try and push push towards uh, achieving that goal with time. A uh, bit longer term, we're trying to build with, um, I have been quite injury prone in the past, so we are trying to look at kind of building up my robustness and the strength and things like that to eventually uh, maybe look towards having another go at uh, the uh, middle distance or 70.3 type activities but uh, I think I'll always keep coming back I'll always keep coming back to standard distance I think that is kind of uh, it's the sweet spot for me you've you've still got to push yourself it's uh, I, I like that challenge yeah cool I think it's whatever you've got like I always say you've got to plenty of strength haven't you and uh, if that's the that's the sweet spot style of racing then that's what you go to I mean you can try other things anyway can't you Um, exactly that's the great thing about with the well I think that's a great place to land it yeah thank you ever so much for coming on thank you very much for having me sorry about the, the the last 10 or so minutes where it's been um, dipping in and out. I'll try and edit it the best I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no worries. All good. All good. Yeah. So good luck with um, with everything that you you've got going on, and um, I may see you one day racing. Yeah. The start line. That'll be cool. Yeah. And uh, I'll I'll follow following you on Instagram also. So I'll keep a keep an eye on what you're up to and uh, yeah, just good luck with it. And like you say, just enjoy it and keep progressing. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Cheers. Good to chat no and good no to meet you. And yeah. Mate. All right. Have a Hope good evening. See you on a start line soon. You yeah, too. Yeah. Cheers. Well, who knew that underwater submarine pedal powered competition speed records was a thing because i didn't and that's the beauty of this podcast you learn something new every episode and uh yeah 
that must have been a, a thing to behold. So, so I hope you enjoyed Josh's story. Really, really cool. Uh, like I said, top fella. Um, really nice story. Um, I'm sure he's going to go on and do some great things. He's got that determination and he does it with a smile. And yeah, just such a nice, nice guy. And he likes his tech um, and his gadgets. So, you know, even better. So once again, thanks, Josh, for coming on. Uh, and good luck with everything. And I hope you uh, do well in the Euros next year. Thank you once again to everybody out there listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that. And if you'd like to leave us a review, please head over to either Spotify or Apple Podcast and leave us some feedback. It does help. It helps us uh, get our podcast out to like-minded people. And if you want to get in touch, you can send us an email at agegroupmultisportpodcast.gmail.com. We are on Instagram at am underscore 1967 and you can DM us on there. Uh, if you'd like to come on the programme or you know anybody who has a great story and uh, you think they should be on, just give them a heads up and tell them to send us a message or an email and get in touch and we'll sort something out. We're also on Facebook at AmpGB and we have our own website which is agegroupmultisportpodcast.buzzsprout.com and you can find all the previous episodes on there as well as your favourite podcast platform. Uh, we have a Twitter account, which is Age Group Multisport Podcast, and we have a YouTube account, which is AmpGB. Um, so, once again, thank you ever so much for your time, and don't forget, stay safe, keep training, and love the process. Mm-hmm.